0: Hello and welcome to Soul Survivor, Main Meeting Talks from April Conference 2019. We hope you enjoy. Amen. Thank you so much, Matt. That was very, 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 very kind, too kind. Um, and hey, thanks so much for being here tonight. It's really, it's an honour uh, to be able to speak with you and to have this, this chat with you tonight. Um, my first job was as a paperboy. And I had a little bike, and I would get up at 5.30 in the morning, and, fi- and yes, I had a uh, dairy crate on the front of my BMX, and I would fill it with newspapers and, and ride, drive it around, um, around the two blocks where we lived. My second job was I worked as a usher at the cinemas. And it was awesome because I got to wear these grey slacks with maroon strips down the sides of them. I got to wear a blue short-sleeve collared T-shirt, and I got to wear a little um, maroon bow tie. And we used to give, the tickets came out with the little yellow tickets that said Admit One on them. And um, I used to steal from the uh, popcorn-making machine very regularly, and it was an awesome, awesome job. Free movies, it was the best. One of the bad things about this job was that it had a basement. The, old, the cinema underneath the cinema was, um, the, the, it was four cinemas wide, so and underneath the cinema was one giant, big, long basement. And in that basement was, um, was relics of the past. You see, the cinema used to be a theater, a pantomime theater. Where they'd use puppets and they'd sing songs, and they had a very big, they had this big giant organ, and the man, the big man, sat up in the tower and played the organ all jolly style, like that. And so you walk down into the basement. And in the basement, there was every single prop, every single puppet, every single furry um, thing that you could have ever used, that ever got used in the pantomimes ever. And the best thing about the basement, worst thing, was that the light to switch on the lights down there was about 50 metres away at the other end of the basement. So that's also where we made the ice creams. So you would walk down the concrete stairs and have to feel your way through the basement and i like i was 16 and i was so so scared like so afraid of going down there because it was horrible you didn't know what you were going to touch you didn't know what you were going to trip over the post mix like coke things were right at the other end as well and i don't know who decided to put the light switch down there but that's just the way that it was and it was gross i just it was the worst thing about that job it was so so creepy. And yet, each one of us has a basement in our lives. Each one of us has a basement, the dark parts of our lives that are filled with all the relics of the past, all the things that you would prefer to forget, all the things that you don't like, all the mistakes that you've made, and they all sit right down there in the basement. Yet what we prefer to do is stay upstairs and watch the movie. You know the people, your friends, they all have a basement too. But what we do with our friends is we like to just sit upstairs on Instagram and watch the movie. We just see all the good bits, all the stuff that's happening, yeah, all the songs, all the amazing things that are going on, and yet I just feel like I just want to invite you tonight to take a step down into the basement, even though it's scary, even though you don't know what's down there, even though it's dark, it's okay, because maybe, just maybe we might find that Jesus is down there too. The weird thing about tonight is that I'm going to talk about Ezekiel. And now some of us may have never even heard of the name Ezekiel, or you may have never found it in your Bible, but Ezekiel is written around about approximately near the same time that Daniel was. So the people of Israel are in their basement. They've been exiled. They're not in their own land. They're in a foreign place with foreign rulers who are oppressing them. They are sad, and their lives are filled with relics of the past. Their faith is something that they used to do. It's lifeless, and it's dead, and they think that God's forgotten them. They're living in the basement, and yet God calls somebody to go and to be in the basement with them. This is what he says, Ezekiel uh, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. In my 30th year, the fourth month and the fifth day, while I was among the exiles, that's who they were, in the basement by the Kibar River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. You know, the cool thing about this story is that God even dwells in basements. You might think to yourself, uh, I'm going to find God here because everything's cool, everything's happy, everything's up. And I'll just conveniently hide away the, the basement parts of my world because they're not fit for a king. They're not fit for the Lord. They're not going to be the place where I would find God. But I want to tell you that the God of the Bible is a God who dwells in the basement. He loves it. He's not scared of it. You know, he can handle all of your issues. He can handle all of your stuff. He can handle all the things that have happened to you, all your experiences, all the things that you've gone through, and the things that you will go through. He can handle it all. It's cool. You don't need to hide it away from him. Israel were there in the basement, and Ezekiel is among them. He says, In the 30th year, fourth month, fifth day, I was among the exiles, the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. I want to invite you to a couple of things tonight and we're going to have a little bit of fun. Because the next thing that happens in this story is things get really, really weird. Now I know Tom is the really weird Bible guy, so you can ask any question that you have about what I'm about to read to you, ask Tom. He's your guy for this next passage of Scripture, right? Because things are about to get really strange. Here we go. Verse 4. I looked. I saw a windstorm coming. Try and imagine this if you can, right? Just try and hold this in your mind's brain. Here we go. I looked. I saw a windstorm coming out of the north. Immense cloud, flashing lightning, surrounded by brilliant light. Center of the fire looked like glowing metal. And in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In their appearance, uh In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. you getting me. Four faces, four wings, in the middle of a fire, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a whirlwind that's in the middle of a cloud surrounded by light. All right, we're all following. In the appearance of form of human, each had four faces, four wings. Their legs were straight. That's good. Their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on the four sides, they had human Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. Come on, everyone, show us your wing. And now show us the hand that's under your wing. Yeah, come on, do a Soul Survivor handshake now. Go on. Turn to the person next to you and do that weird Soul S with the hand that's under your wing. Yes. See, it's strange. Okay, here we go. Under the wings and the foreheads are human hands. All four of them had faces and wings, and the wings of one touched the wings of another. That's nice. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. All right, you ready for their faces? Faces, you ready? This is sounding more and more like a pantomime basement than any ever before, isn't it? Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being, and on the right side had a face of a lion, on the left side the face of an ox, and each also had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. Such were their faces. They had each two wings spreading out upward, each wing touching the creature on the other side, and each had two wings covering covering its body. All right. Now, what I want you to do next is turn to the person next to you and give them your best because the, your, your human face is at the front, but your lion face is on one side. So go on. Give it to them. Give them your lion face. All right. Now you're going to give them the ox face. Give them the ox face. All right, now, you're going to turn to the person behind you and give them the eagle face. Here we go. Yes. Okay, so, here's my tip for you. Next time you're at school and you're at a party, all right, Here's a scenario. You're at a party now. And at the party, there are friends of yours who are doing drugs. All you have to say, drugs. I'm just going to go home and read Ezekiel 1. Right? That's all you have to do. This is way, way more trippy than anything you could give me at that party. Drugs are so old school. Ezekiel 1. That's where it's at. You could have an Ezekiel 1 party. Invite your friends around, man, it's going to be so wild. We're all going to have different faces. Okay. These are actually, we find out later in the story that these are cherubim. These are, these are like heavenly beings who are there to carry God's throne. And it's amazing because we have this intense situation of exile, and yet right there, God's throne is right in the midst of it. And the way that Ezekiel sees it is he starts to see these huge heavenly bodies. You know, God is so close to us in our pain, so close to us in our feelings of, of, of um of distress or disappointment. But I want to invite you tonight to start to see God differently. Some of us feel like, however old we are and however much journey we've done, that we've got God kind of covered, and we know everything that's going to happen. And you think you might even be here at this conference, and you're like, yeah, i got this. I know what's going to happen. We're going to do some songs. Then we're going to do some, and we're going to watch some videos. And then someone's going to speak. And then there's going to be a response time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been here before, been around the traps a little bit, but you haven't seen the four-faced living creatures yet, have you? No, you have not. You've not seen the wings of one touch the wings of another, have you? No, if you are an artistic person, I charge thee to try and draw this scene this week and post it on Instagram, um, Shaped by Jesus 2019. Peter... And Cassie, you're going to give a prize to the best one. You guys have got prizes, right? I want to invite you to see God differently, though. Because I love Ezekiel here. He says, I looked and I saw. God showed him something new about himself. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, if you looked, and you allow God to enliven your imagination, you might see God in a new way. You might see him doing something new. You might see him doing something new in a small thing, in a big thing, in the look of somebody's face, in the opening of a flower. Whatever it may be, you might see God differently. You might see him in a new way. This week, I want to invite you to that. He goes on and Ezekiel then has, can, continues to have this vision and he gets this call from God to go to these people who are in exile to step down into their basement. And then we pick it up in Ezekiel 2 verse 9. He says, then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me and in it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. So God's hand comes out and unrolls a scroll in front of him. On both sides of it were written words of lament and warning and woe, because remember, they're in the basement. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth. He gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. I guarantee you it was a cinnamon scroll. (laughs) Guaranteed. Has to be. Who's up for cinnamon scrolls? Custard filled scrolls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bit of love for the custard fields. All right. I love it because Ezekiel's here to spend some time in someone else's basement. And God gives him a message to bring. He gives him a message to speak. And some of you are here this week wondering about what it is that God's got for you to do. Some of you are here this week going, yeah, God, I know I know, I want to be shaped by Jesus, but what is it that you, what's the unique thing that you've given me to bring to the world? And maybe, just maybe this week, you might find a little bit more about what that is. Maybe God will stretch out his hand to you this week and say, eat this scroll. And you'll say, oh, I'm so full. I've already eaten nachos but maybe you might have room for something about what God's going to to give to you. Because Ezekiel, then, he doesn't just think about the scroll. He doesn't just, this is a scroll. This is like an unrolling scroll, like the, 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 the books of the Old Testament. It would have been a book for us. But it's words that Ezekiel then has to be able to bring to people in their basement. So what's God given you? It's not just about knowledge, but about deep, deep acceptance. You see, Ezekiel doesn't just look at the scroll, but he takes it inside of himself. God's speaking to you this week, and I want to encourage you, take it deep inside of yourself. Don't just think about it. Don't let this week or these messages be head knowledge or be like the seminars that you go to. They're not just good ideas. They're things that you can put into practice that will radically change the way that you live, radically change the way that you Speak to people. Radically change the way that you are a person for Jesus in the world. And then so Ezekiel goes on. He said, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, the spirit lifted me up. I heard behind me a loud rumbling as the glory of the Lord rose from the place where it was standing. I don't even know what that means. It was the sound of wings of the living creatures brushing against each other and the sound of, there were these wheels that were intersecting that were covered in eyes. I know, we didn't even talk about that, but they were there too. The Spirit then lifted me up and took me away. I went in bitterness and anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord on me. I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Aviv near the Kibar River and there where they were living, I sat amongst them for seven days, deeply distressed. Other translations say overwhelmed. And I think either way, deeply distressed or overwhelmed, both are yes and amen. You know, some people don't really mind what you know. They don't care about what you know. They don't care about how many messages you've listened to. They don't care about how many good ideas you've got. Sometimes when you're stepping down into the basement of someone else, all you've got to do is just sit with them. You know, there are people that you know, friends of yours, who are struggling in their mental health, and they don't need good advice. They don't need all these things like great ways of like working it through. They need you just to be there and sit with them in the basement. They need you to be there to just be present. There's a ministry of presence that happens that we get to carry as people who are shaped by Jesus. When we're shaped by Jesus, we know that it's not necessarily our words. It's not necessarily good ideas that are going to make the difference to people. Sometimes it's just sitting among them and being deeply distressed with them. The Bible says that we should mourn with those who mourn and celebrate with those who celebrate. That if one part of us is suffering, all of us are suffering. If one part of us are rejoicing, all of us are rejoicing. It's connected in that way. And Ezekiel here, before he brings a message that to the people in their basement, he sits with them. He sits with the exiles. And the weird thing is it requires him to tap into the exile part of, his, of himself to connect with his own basement experience to be able to sit in the basement with someone else. You see, we can live our lives above above the, like on the screen. We can live our lives in the highlight reel of someone else. We can high five them when they do something cool or when they eat a really rad meal or, or, you know, or they get the handshake down. But what it is to be shaped by Jesus is to dive down into the basement with someone else and just be there with them. Just to sit there with them. And then, maybe then, give it seven days and then you might have something to share. There might be something to offer at that point. But God's going to highlight to you people in your world who need you to sit with them. To go to the exiles and sit with them and be deeply distressed with them. To give you compassion and empathy for people who maybe you don't even feel like you connect with that well. But that God's going to use you in that way as he shapes you like Jesus. Let's look at Mark 2, verse 15 to 17. Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but to call the sinners. And you know what I love about that is it shows that to be shaped like Jesus, it means that Jesus has actually come and sat with me in my basement. You know, I've, I have so many fears. I have so many things that, that you know the broken parts of me. The parts of me where I feel like I need to perform. The parts of me where I feel like I need to lie or pump myself up. Or the parts of me where I, I, I feel like I get too angry or too envious. These are all real parts of me. The parts of me that feel like an imposter that say, oh, who are you, Matt, to speak to anyone because you've got this, 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 and all of these things wrong with you. And yet in that place, I'm a tax collector and a sinner, and Jesus comes and sits with me. I'm exiled, I'm in my own basement, and Jesus comes and hangs out at my house. Comes out and sits with me in that place, and just a little bit, that means that then I have the uh, opportunity to sit with others in their pain and in their suffering too. To be shaped like Jesus means to get off the screen and to get down into the basement of someone else's life. It's weird. It's awkward. There's old, smelly stuff down there as you walk through. But there's an opportunity that we have to be more like Jesus in that way and to somehow um, embody the acceptance that he has of us and the love that he has for us and the kindness that he has toward us and the joy that he has toward us and be able to then to offer that in love to somebody else. See, the thing about the basement in the cinema was that the light was right at the other end. I wish the light was at the start, but it's not. It's so true for so many that they're going to need you to walk with them through all of that stuff and walk with them right to the other end to where the light is on the other side. And it's not going to come until you do that journey Until you go all that way, until you make it right to the other side, it's just not going to come. Whereas God gives us that opportunity in love and in faith as we continue to be shaped by him to walk down and hold someone else's hand in whatever it is that they're going through and sit with them, be with them, as Ezekiel did in this place. You know, beyond all of the Uh, Beyond the amazing vision, and I do wish, I do pray that you begin to see God in a different way. Beyond the the eating of the scroll, and I do pray that God speaks to you and that you take his words and and really embody them. Ezekiel's call is to sit with people and to be with where they were and to meet them where they were at. As Jesus himself has met us where we are. Can we stand together? I'd love to pray for us.